listening to the one of us.net podcast network one of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions we do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads but on a case-by-case basis if you're interested in that contact us at one of us.net at gmail.com With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. everybody welcome to the one of us review of muppets now with my very special guest spider mike howdy and my other very special guest jordan last time i heard a voice that bad it was my wife's yes little do you know i am a direct descendant of statler and wardorf sure let's go with that (laughs) i thought you were a direct descendant of linda cardellini and my last very special guest, Nathan Flynn. Hey, guys. And yeah, that was my very lukewarm uh, Kermit the Frog impression. Yay! It's still way better than the show is. <laughs> <laughs> Kermit the Frog here. Hi, my name is Kermit the Frog here. And yeah, I like to fuck pigs. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so guys, Muppets Now is sort of a more like kind of loose kind of more formulaic disney plus series that sort of riffs on like youtube shows would that be a fair yeah no of course yeah it's absolutely yeah no it is fair it it's essentially taking the concept of the muppet show as it was back in you know the 70s and such but modernizing it uh for the internet age and it actually works. Now, I wasn't too aware of that. I just saw that, hey, we got a new Muppet show. I was like, I'm going to review the Muppets. I love the Muppets. So I was I was a little caught off guard. It's like, oh, so this is how it's going. I thought, oh, was this related to the pandemic? But uh, I guess this was like way ahead. Either way, it worked. It works more than it does. Yeah, yeah. Really I, I will I say, yeah. the, I, I will say in terms of Making a more internet uh, style and aimed show, like to make it a new Muppets show, I think it worked. Yeah, I think it for the most part worked, but sort of just getting more into the framework. So this series is sort of framed by Scooter being the backstage manager sort of role again, but more working on the more technical aspects. And no matter what happens, the show goes off the rails in the beginning of the episode. And they go through various different segments, and we're going to sort of talk about each of those segments. Because as much as this is a six-episode series, it's just really a collection of these skits spliced into six episodes. There really isn't a through line. No, there isn't, like, an actual through line. No. Like, the closest thing to the through line is just every time Scooter has to deal with something. And even then, it's super just loose. Yeah. Yeah, it, One of the more star-studded segments of this show, and the first segment I'm going to start with, is Lifestyle of Miss Piggy, which is sort of like a a lifestyle tip segment. It's got a lot of different stars like Tay Diggs and Linda Cardellini. 
And uh, guys, how did you feel about this? Like it's it's my favorite part of the entire show. Like every every time it starts, like it starts with them misspelling lifestyle first, and then just them consistently fucking it up every single time, and her getting more upset, and Uncle Deadly just going, "Yeah, we'll fix it," and then just not fixing, it. just being <laughs> lazy as hell about it. Like yeah, every time it cuts to Uncle Dudley, I'm just losing it every fucking His time. His utter discontent for Miss Piggy is just hilarious. But also, honestly, I can't. As much as I did love Uncle Dudley, I think my favorite thing about the lifestyle uh, segments was Tay Diggs. How Same. yeah, how straightforward he was. Like he was honestly very happy to be there. And of course, you got Piggy being thirsty as all hell for him. But uh, it, it really worked. Like, he played it so straight-faced, and it, it, it was a good chemistry balance off of them. I was surprised at how much chemistry Miss Piggy and Tay Diggs had, and how much I enjoyed seeing Tay Diggs every time he came on screen. It's, a, it's that smile, I like, man. Oh, I, I, I was Same. like, oh, they'll just replace him with somebody else. But every time he appeared, I'm like, oh, thank God, it's Tay Diggs. <laughs> that, that, yeah. It is one of the few good constants of 2020 is when I watched another episode, I was like, oh, thank you, Tay Diggs. You saved yeah, me. I love how like they're like, well, we're going to try this thing with Tay Diggs. And Tay Diggs is just like, oh, this is the best thing ever. And Miss Piggy is just getting fucking destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love Linda Cardellini on, on her little segments. Like, I wish there's a little more of her compared to Tate's Agreed. Yeah. But, like, every time I love the fact that, like, Piggy is just desperately trying to be more popular than Linda Cardellini, but it's like, come on, guys, it's Linda fucking Cardellini. <laughs> I didn't see you in a starring role on ER for a few seasons, Miss Piggy. Or Scooby-Doo. That's right. Or, or Mad Men. Uh, I She's wasn't as movie. hot on this one as you guys are. I felt like a lot of the characters worked in the segment, but I didn't know. I didn't feel like every single version of the segment worked for me. I think that's true for all of these, though. Which uh, I think just this is the one that I enjoyed overall. That that's fair. I feel like Tay Diggs and Uncle Deadly always delivered as far as making me laugh consistently. But my personal favorite segment is the next one I'm going to do. And maybe I'm a little biased because I cook. But the next segment is Orky Dorky Crooking. Uh, hosted by a new character called Beverly Plum. Who is, or Beverly Plume. Who yes. is, uh, she's pretty alright. But um, She's I a think nice fun little turkey. Yeah, a nice fun little turkey. Sort of kind of riffing on like a Julia Child style voice. Uh, and it's basically a cooking show where Swedish chef competes against random celebrity chefs. Probably the best, or the two best for me watching were Roy Choi, who I adore, and more than anybody else, and probably my favorite segment of the entire six episodes, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo's one is great, mostly because I love the way that one ends so much. Oh, totally. It is crazy. I also, he... Danny Trejo almost allows himself to be a Muppet for that segment. Yeah. Like, he's just weirdly petty, and, you know, he plays on his energy. I love him, like, showing off his mustache over him, and somehow that, like, makes Swedish Chef just so fucking infuriated. It just has passive-aggressive remarks, like, uh, you know, this is a an iconic dish, a lot better than anything you get from, you know, Sweden, and fucking... <laughs> 
Swedish chef being like, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure what Swedish chef was saying is like, well, your mother's a dirty whore. I think. <laughs> Might as well. I, I like the Danny Trejo segment too. I mean, I f- this wasn't quite my favorite sec- recurring segment, but I uh, but I did enjoy it more than I didn't. At least, like, I'm kind of hoping they actually uh, for the recipes that were actually cooked because yeah, you're not getting anything with Swedish Chef. Like, they'll actually have somewhere where you can get the recipes because I do want to try some of those. I yeah. want that giant Swedish chef meatball. Okay, well, I fair. I I would want that too. I think I think what was fascinating about that segment was the fact that all the celebrity chefs are actually like cooking legit meals that yeah. seem like they're very passionate about it. and all the meanwhile Swedish chef is just being petty as fuck. But just wanting to one up them and just failing at it. I especially love in the Danny Trejo one yeah. where he's just like trying to prove his machismo. And not wearing gloves with the peppers. He's like, fruity, fruity, spicy. And just fucking, like, constantly <laughs> just fucking around. That 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 know. definitely was one of my favorite. Like, Danny Trejo fit in so well with the Muppets. Oh, he yeah. He's got Spy Kids experience, though. That's true. Totally. Yeah. And then the next one is one that they don't really do as often, but Muppets Masters with Walter... Which like, Walter, if you remember him from uh, Muppet, uh, the the Muppets twenty eleven Siegel Muppets movie from twenty eleven, but it basically talks about discovering different talents that the Muppets have. Yeah, Kermit's photo bombing and uh, on that that segment was kind of boring. It was really only good for the Miss Piggy gag towards it no i actually i actually really enjoyed the photo bombing only because like it let me see one of my favorites which is uh sam the eagle oh, fair enough um, i mean yeah i'm all for sam because but it, it's very much it very much was um it shows what the, my issue with the show is a lot of times though is that there isn't enough usage of the remaining cast of the muppets that is a very fair critic. agreed yeah and with fozzy bear i almost forgot he was there yeah, like, Fozzie has, like, a couple fun things here and there, but, like, yeah, they use Sam the Eagle once. Rolf doesn't even show up at all, as far as I know, uh, if I remember the, correctly. I, I, I did much prefer the other Muppet Ma- Muppets Master segment, which was Uncle Deadly's stage combat. That was a lot of fun, though. It, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's a shame that, yeah, they only do, like, what, the two of them? Yeah, that's all I, I can remember. Yeah, I don't think they did any more than the two, but yeah, it, it really was a filler segment, if anything. Like, I did enjoy, like, some of the, the weird little intro parts to it, like, with them in the the frame. And it's nice to see Walter, because I still really liked Walter to begin with. Um, Same. And I feel like he should be in a, little, a few more things. Jason Siegel did a really good job at creating a Muppet that feels like it was there the whole time. Agreed. And, and it... I'm never really distracted by it outside of me being like, oh, wait, that was from Muppets 2011. I didn't know that he had actually stuck around because I haven't watched much Muppets as of lately, but I'm glad to see it. Uh, outside of that, Mupp Close and Personal, which is basically an in-depth conversation with a different Muppet every time and a celebrity guest. How did you guys feel about that segment? This one was very hit and miss for me because I the Aubrey Plaza one I didn't find all that funny, um, but the Seth Rogen one had me fucking dying. Oh yes, oh, totally. I was about to say because honestly, the Fozzie Bear interview with 
uh, Seth Rogen is the fun, is my favorite segment of the entire season. It, it, it like Rola said, it killed me. I was laughing my ass off. Like I honestly, when it was done, I rewound it just to watch it again. It was. I was surprised. Seth Rogen kept the straight face as much as he could. It was that so perfectly set up. Like I always, every time a baby was like Rogan, I just fucking started. Oh my god! <laughs> and and, he, and just to see him feel creeped out by it, it's like it's really creeping me out, man. Those babies were fucking horrifying. Oh my god, god were they? It and man, babies really like poison. Apparently, I mean, I, don't know. I was about to say babies really like poison. Man, what well, that's so crazy. I, that segment killed me. The Aubrey Plaza one was good. I did not care for the RuPaul one. Then again, I'm not... The RuPaul one was okay at first. I liked the RuPaul one a little. I I liked That felt uh, overstuffed of just... It was overstuffed. I liked some of the just casual Muppets interrupting the interview. And like, especially seeing Gonzo, who I was missing for most of it where he just asked all these like really fucking ominous ass questions oh yeah gonzo like, was the saving grace there's of a trap door with crocodiles underneath you and rupaul's just like is there a trap door with crocodiles underneath me and he just keeps looking down at the ground i was I so know, disappointed that that's that wasn't the actual payoff of that because i was kind of waiting for yeah, it. yeah same it, it seemed like it it was setting up a lot of great gags but went nowhere yeah, one of the reasons that segment doesn't work as well for me is something that I I will consistently say is Matt Vogel is not a good Kermit replacement so far. Um, like every time he talks, it's just like, dude, you what like practice more. And I f- I feel like they knew that, which is why Kermit isn't in this nearly as much as he probably would have been if um they had the original or not the original but the second Kermit voice. Because um, yeah. Matt Vogel, uh, he was um, Constantine in Muppets Most Wanted, which is the evil Kermit frog. I was about to say, I, w- I was wondering why he sounds so familiar. I have not seen Muppets Most Wanted. I feel like I probably should, but it I, I was feel like nobody has. fine. It's passable. It's although a lot of people really like it, and I can't blame them. There's a lot of jokes in it. It's just it's a lot more forgettable than the. I will say there are at least but, um, a couple songs in there I really like. But back to the show. But yeah, but yeah, back he's very show. he's very difficult to listen to, and like and yeah, during that entire RuPaul segment, I was just like, "You're not Kermit. Who are you?" <laughs> yeah. Moving on to the last or the second to last segment, uh, Muppets Labs Field Test with Bunsen, Honeydew, and Beaker. Yeah, pretty much Muppets MythBusters, which I. And I'm all here. Kind I'm of. here for that. Oh, I'm here for it. And it introduces my favorite of all the new characters, Joe the Legal. Yeah, Eagle. I was about to say, oh, yeah. Joe was the show stealer this season. Oh, totally. He was the one where I'm like, oh, you weren't there the whole time? You should be. Yeah, because yeah, Joe I, from Legal had me dying consistently. I, I, I And I kind of did get confused because I just thought, wait, do I remember him? I thought I might have. But no, it's an entirely new character. And. It speaks volumes to how good it is where I thought, oh no, he's been here the whole time. Is it weird that I found this one to be a little mean-spirited compared to the rest of the one? Dude, like, Beaker gets Beaker is... so fucked up. <laughs> oh yeah, like I was expecting it to just end with Beaker just fucking murdering Honeydew. Honestly. <laughs> That's the relationship though. 
That's always been yeah, but it show. seemed like when he started being like, "Hey, Beaker, how about you throw in all your personal belongings into the middle of this thing?" I was like, "Whoa!" When he said like, "Your grandma's snow globe," uh, oh, your favorite teddy like, bear. Fuck your first microscope. Like, okay, you're. I knew what I was getting into when I saw, I was like, oh, Beaker's getting fucked over like usual. I know where this is going. This was more savage. I was just like, what did Beaker do to you guys? Yeah. Did he piss in your cereal? Did he run over your father's grave or something? That segment that we're talking about had the most sadistic stomping I've seen since American History X. And... Yeah, amazingly enough, this was actually my least favorite of the segments, um, was because I just got kind of bored with them after a while, or not like, mostly just what they were doing, for the most part, because it just wasn't as interesting as I was hoping, um, and like you said, it is a little mean-spirited, so it makes some of it a little uncomfortable, um, for the most part. I mean, whenever, I thought the yeah, first one the Eagle, was solid Joe enough, what, where, where they entered, introduced pretty much, uh, Beakar, which is Alexa. Uh, yeah, yeah and I, I I enjoyed that. I segment. I just enjoyed seeing petty as fuck Beaker, just being like, "Bitch, you think you could step up to me and do my job?" My favorite yeah. one of the electronics that spoke to them was the uh, the Soundwave one, because it was just desperately like, "Please don't." Please oh, because it oh because that was like old school Windows ninety five monitor. He's like, I like being out here in the open. Yeah, that was a CRT computer monitor. Just be like, no, please. I value life. With Sorry, moving on to our next segment. Pepe's unbelievable game show. Actually one of my more favorites of the segments. Pepe is one of my favorite Muppets of all time. And I'm not just saying that because he's Hispanic. I'm saying it because Pepe is fucking hysterical in everything he does. That is true. And... <laughs> and every every time like that would start and scooter's like here's what we're gonna do and he's like now nah, we're not gonna do any of that 500 points to you mike <laughs> uh, yeah, like, yeah i lost I, it Pepe's... when the guy when the sound guy quits and he's like oh five million God. thousand points to the sound guy for being smart <laughs> that killed me i was howling with laughter when that one happened i liked pepe's game show as well because yeah he, i Oh, you know, Pepe is like this chaotic ball of energy. He always kind of has been. And yeah, this was insane. And that energy works really well because I don't think I really brought up this is billed. It's not fully, obviously, but it's billed as an improvisational comedy. And you can definitely feel the improv in the Pepe segment. Oh, yeah. Like the contestants definitely had this look and sense i have no idea what the hell's going on right now i loved it like i remember one of my favorite gags in it is when he's like the final question and then he pauses and he's like oh it's really good too <laughs> and like and it's just so much fun because of it and then there's the the secret super secret prize and then they use some of the other muppets for that part too like gonzo's yeah that. yeah like That's the final my favorite gonzo gags in that i think it's the first one i think when he's like, figure I'm, out which one of these chickens yeah. is, um, I can't remember which one it was, but he couldn't figure it out either. <laughs> I, re- yeah, I really uh, liked the ending one with, ah, uh, d- oh, damn, I've watched the Muppets for so long. The one that eats them. Uh, oh, yeah. 
I forgot his name too, but it was. But yeah, too. that was so cool. Although I also kind of hate this segment because I'm autistic, and sometimes my main problem is auditory sensory overload. And let's just say I'm I wasn't too big a fan when the goddamn goat came up, and it, it was all, <laughs> "Hey, let's scream like a goat." I'm just like, "Please don't! I am going to get so overwhelmed just that part watching this." When it happened. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, but moving right along to final thoughts with my reviewers. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Spider Mike. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the show, the show's great. And, like, it's just that I felt, uh, I was only disappointed in the fact that, A, there's only six episodes, and, B, there's so many more Muppets that I would have loved to have seen. Um, and there's some that I'm really glad I get to see, but there's so many that, like, like I'm sure that, you know, if they make more of these, I will eventually people see people like Rolf and more of um, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Man. Because uh, we saw Animal, but here and there. And I loved seeing Staldor and Wolf. Uh, sorry. Uh, Staldor and Wolf. Statler and Wolf. Staldor and Wolf. Or <clears throat> as, um, as focus testers. Yes, um, that was is such a brilliant. a brilliant way of using those characters. Um, and then there, it was a lot of fun seeing like Robin, um, Kermit's nephew in the, the last one as well. And and the show really shines whenever there's more, more Muppets, and I feel like there needs to be more segments besides the ones that are there for this to continue, uh, keeping my interest. Um, as much as I love, you know, some of the ones that show up on here, I personally would have to give it eight out of ten um, times that they tried getting light the L E at the end of Lifestyle. And. Moving right along to Jordan. I think this was a well-done updating of the Muppets show. Was it perfect? No. There are several segments that really did miss. But when the show nailed it, like with Lifestyle, especially Tay Diggs, uh, the Seth Rogen interview, and the, and the scientific field test, and... Making Beaker the most sympathetic character throughout this entire show. It worked. It, it it really did work. It reminded me a lot about why I love the Muppets. Why I enjoyed growing up with these strange felt characters. And it's exciting. It really is good. I do hope that if we do get a second season, we do, sh we do see a lot more Muppets that should have been utilized. Uh, hopefully there's a bigger episode count other than six. And honestly, I think the format really works. It has some tweaking uh, it needs to do. But overall, I really did find myself uh, very pleased. So I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 live cat chats. Yeah, guys, I, I like this, but I'm not nearly as enthusiastic as you guys are, only on the level that with the whole framing device of like, oh, the show's going off the rails, I kind of would have liked it to feel a bit looser and more freeform. It just sort of felt like, hey, we're on the same episode. Hey, we're on the same episode. Here's a guest star. We're on the same episode. I'd like to see more segments. I'd even like for them to skip certain segments that they've made like mainstays. I'd like for them to do skits. I mean, where the fuck was the music in this? I was really missing like a solid song. 100%.
And I, I mean, there were segments that I really liked. I liked Okie Dokie Cooking. Or, sorry. Okie Dokie Cooking. <laughs> and I liked a lot of. I liked Pepe's Unbelievable Game Show. And I liked the lifestyle of Miss Piggy, but honestly, the other ones I could just take or leave depending on whether or not the segment is good. I feel like this is a really strong debut. It's one of the best Muppets things I've seen in a while. I just want them to get a little bit more confident to go a little bit looser with what they're doing. I think that if this is successful enough, Disney Plus will put a lot more real money into it which will lead to probably better things. But as of right now, I got to give my rating of 7.5 screaming goats out of 10. I have to mention that uh, it was Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem before the internet decides to correct me. Yes. And also, at least with a season two, use some of that budget for the real thing it needs. Therapy for Beaker. (laughs) 